Hey everyone, Morgan here. I wanted to pop in before the episode began and let you guys know that this episode uh, deals with suicide and uh, domestic violence, so we wanted to provide those resources. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is 1-800-799-7233, and the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. As always, um, those resources and more are always listed in our show notes for each episode. And uh, like I've said the last three episodes, I think, uh, if you're not in a space to hear uh, that kind of content, that's totally fine. Um, Come hang with us next week. Next week is going to be a little lighter anyways, um, so we'd love to have you join then. Um, Otherwise, yeah, thanks for listening. Love you guys. Like my father was in East Tennessee, land of home free. Spent time as a kid, hills of Carolina, mountains and the valleys there. There's no place finer. Still, my time keeps ticking away. I'll just keep. Hello. Hi. We are doing our first remote episode. We were together for all the stuff you've heard so far, but we are now apart, which is sad. Yeah, it is really sad. I'm in my own closet and I smell like gas and I have grass clippings all over me because I'm a strong ass bitch and I own my own house with property, which sucks. So Morgan, <laughs> stay in your apartment as long as possible. Yeah, I'm just in my little city apartment. We're in our respective closets, our little yep. podcast closets. So I've got um, some pizza and wine. And I have some refreshments as well. I'm Sarah. I'm the older cousin. And I'm Morgan. I'm the younger cousin. Welcome to episode three. Episode three. Thanks for joining this far. Um, We can't believe it. Yeah. And we love hearing. Please continue to write in. We want to hear from as many of you as possible. But I also want to do a shout out for our music. Our yeah. artist, Morgan, tell us about the intro and the music that we've been using. Yeah, so the intro song is written by my dad, played by my dad. He is super talented uh, musically. Um, he like never did guitar lessons or anything. He just like picked it up by ear. Um, so I he had written a song for me uh, unknowingly, and I got a tattoo of the lyrics. He wasn't very excited about that. Um, he has definitely come around to it, but I was like 20 and I didn't tell them until I was physically getting tattooed. Um, so he was, he didn't love that in the beginning, but his lyrics are tattooed on me and that's the song. That's the song. Yeah. That's so it's very special. He thinks it sounds terrible. He doesn't like any, anything he does. But no, we he love doesn't. Him. But he's so talented. He is so fun to hang out with and listen to him play and sing. It's so fun. Yeah. So we love this little song. It's just like his little life story and it's it's very sweet. And yeah, I have it tattooed on me. So we love it. Yay. 
Oh my gosh. All right. So um, this episode, we're going to kind of finish out the year of 2017 because so far all these episodes happened in one year. Yeah. And we didn't, that wasn't even our plan intentionally. It just kind of intuitively happened, uh, but it, it worked out well. So um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to kind of back up from 20 or from the last two episodes, right? Chronologically. No, it'll go forward. The first episode was February. Yeah, this this occurs. The beginning, though, starts way before when I was still in college. Oh, yes. Yes. The ending ends after the episodes. But yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I remember the people we're talking about as a child because my biological father was best friends with them. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of full circle stuff. So, so we'll take it to um, my last year of college, which was my fifth year of college. I was a fifth year, which like, whatever. Who the fuck knows what they want to do at age 18? Not me. Um, so I was in my last year of college and um, my mom and I, we had, we had a difficult relationship. Um, she was an alcoholic, of course, and uh, we're in a really good place present day right now, probably the best place we've been in in a long time. Uh, she's not drinking right now and and things are really good. So I'm super grateful for that. Um, but at this time, things were were not good and probably hadn't been good since I'd been in high school, I would say. That's kind of when our relationship got really bad. Uh, so yeah, it was my fifth year of college. And um, basically what happened was my my dad, uh, he called me and was like, your mom didn't come home. And their whole relationship was kind of like, I mean, very difficult. They were on and off-ish always kind of lived together, but, you know, we're not happy together, uh, had been divorced since I was very young, but still lived together, but fought all the time, like just very toxic. Uh, so, you know, basically my dad's like, Hey, your mom never came home, which had happened a few times in my life. And, you know, I was in college, so I was just kind of like, Oh, whatever. Um, and then it became like multiple nights of like my dad being like calling me. And and I guess I should clarify, I lived like two hours away where I went to college from where my family lived. Um, and so, yeah, he, he called me for like a week straight and was like, yeah, your mom's not coming home. Haven't seen your mom. And so, you know, at this point, like I'm texting her and being like, hey, mom, like, where are you? Are you OK? Like, what's going on? I think, Sarah, you probably were pulled into this right yeah so that's when so Morgan's mom and my father my stepdad had a really close relationship somehow over the years I mean you know definitely two people that jived and and trusted each other and so there were times when her mom would confide things into you know my stepdad and talk to him and and you know seek support and so I was camping with my family and my stepdad. And that's whenever we got the word, hey, she's not coming to work. She's not coming home, which not coming home is one thing, but not going to the family business is a whole other level that we had never seen before. And so I remember saying, well, let me try to call her because I'm a little more safe, right? I'm not like the Uh, immediate. And I remember- And same with your mom 
vice yeah. versa. Like it's like the niece versus the daughter. Like it's yeah. like, well, let me try as like the niece. <laughs> it's a whole different dynamic, yeah. you know? And she did answer. I remember talking to her. I was walking around outside in the campground and I was like, we just want to know you're okay. You know? Um, Cause we had thought maybe she was staying with a girlfriend down the street. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't really sure, but we were really concerned about her not going to work. Yeah. And so I do remember having a brief conversation with her. She did not disclose anything about what was going on with her, but she did tell me that she was, you know, I was talking to her. She was good. She was safe. Yeah. Yeah. And what's so wild is that like, you know, my dad would call me every day and he would be like, I came home and like your mom had taken, like had come home and taken some of her stuff. So she was like coming home while my dad was still at work and like slowly taking some of her little, her stuff. Like every day she'd come home while no one was there, take some of her stuff. And then my dad would come home and be like, wait, there's stuff missing. She's like slowly moving out. Like what's going on? And, you know, I'm like, again, like my last year of college, I'm trying to like live it up. I have like a a boyfriend who's in a fraternity and like, you know, just trying to like live my life. I'm like at a party, you know, probably every other night and having a good time or trying to. But then like in the back of my mind, I'm like, where the fuck is my mom staying? What is she doing? Where is my mom? Like, what is happening? And we just we had no idea. And she wasn't responding to my text. And I would, you know, I would send like long texts like mom, like, you know, like I want to have a relationship with you I want us to repair our relationship but like I just want to know you're okay like where are you like what's going on and then I feel like it it eventually evolved into like our nana so her mom and your mom Sarah so her sister Mm -hmm. like then she had like disclosed where she was and I think she started going to work yes and like they definitely yeah Yeah, like they wouldn't tell us where she was but they're like we know where she's at and we're like okay like Like, can we ghosting first of all like (laughs) oh my god when you have anxiety and someone ghosts you like that that is the worst possible thing I mean I go through like 50 different ways that you could have died and then I start planning your funeral like literally just say hey I'm okay or fuck off whatever just respond to me yes she wouldn't respond to me and I have been ghosted by plenty of fuck boys at this point in my life but maybe my first ghosting was my mother (laughs) maybe that's why it's so traumatic (laughs) it's so traumatic it's truly the worst thing ever yeah because we're like well they committed suicide I mean, it's, you know, no, every time I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, they're dead for sure. They're dead. Um, But luckily, yeah, she started showing back up to work. uh, And yeah, like our Nana and my aunt Sarah's mom were like, oh, yeah, we know where she is. She's safe. And I was like, well, just fucking tell me where she is. Like, this is bullshit. Also, why isn't she responding to me, her only child? Um, So then, I, you know, I got. I got mad and like a lot of resentment grew out of that. Um, But everything climaxed basically when my dad comes home one day and our like 13 year old dog who obviously had only lived at that home uh, is missing. (laughs) And so (laughs) my dad calls me and he's like, hey, you know, I came home today. The dog's gone. And I'm like, what about this part? Oh no. Yes. I'm like, she took the dog. Like, (laughs) the dog is too old to be moving 
uprooting its life. <laughs> like the dog is like 13. You can't move him to a new home. Like what? What? Yes. Turns turns out like all for like the last two weeks, she was coming home, taking little things. I'm thinking of like a, a squirrel or a chipmunk, like storing nuts in their cheeks. I don't know why that makes me think of that, but it does. And then like he comes home and the dog's missing. And it's just like, and again, she still hasn't responded to my dad or I at all. So we're just like, what? the fuck like is this a lifetime movie like what is this <laughs> and then he's, he's never he's, done anything like this before other than maybe no. just like some overnight disappearances or late bar disappearances like this is not her behavior no like not at all so we were like you know what is going on so he's like on the phone with me like the dog's not here and then he's like wait a minute he like walks into her bedroom and she had laid out a photo from her high school prom of her and her high school prom date. And so my dad was like, well, this must be the clue. She must be with her high school boyfriend. Yeah. And so we immediately start putting putting it all together. Like this is a little game of fucking clue. <laughs> So weeks before that said high school boyfriend, his wife had passed away and my mom had attended the funeral because she was close friends with the wife and, you know, obviously this boyfriend. So like backstory, um, this is the wife that literally started dating him like immediately after Morgan's mom. So like there did, was jealousy, yeah. there was rivalry from back in the day. Like, yeah. And understandably yeah. enough, because like this was my mom's boyfriend in high school. This was my mom's best friend. My mom breaks up with her boyfriend and her fucking best friend starts dating him. Like that is yep. some like that is mm -mm, you are not my best friend. Nope. That is some fucked up shit. That's like girl code 101. Like if nope. you're my bestie, you do not date my my boyfriend as soon as I break up with him. And marry him. Come on. And then marry him. <laughs> yes, and stay married for like 20 years. Absolutely not. Um, but so you know, turns out like they had reconnected at the funeral. Uh, I guess as one does. Uh as we as you guys have heard, funerals are really dramatic events, <laughs> apparently, in our lives maybe it's a it's a regional thing i don't know what it is but funerals do something to people <laughs> they had reconnected and um yeah it turns out she she was moved in with this high school boyfriend like uh, not long after the wife was in the ground right like yeah no it was like two or three weeks <laughs> yeah and i mean like this boyfriend was like obsessed with my mom like, apparently he was very controlling. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and just throw out like a trigger warning for like, you know, domestic uh, abuse. problematic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Domestic abuse and problematic uh, relationships. Like she broke up with him for a reason. Um, and I don't know what happened, but they did. Yeah, they recon reconnected. Um and I mean, I think in my mom's defense, like, you know, my parents didn't have a happy relationship. And this was someone who probably was, you know, had, had always loved my mom, whether it was like in a healthy way or not. And, you know, she probably was shown affection and attention that she hadn't been shown in years, which like, I can't blame her, you know. Right. Um, and she was like, well, let me get out of this unhappy 
you know, tumultuous situation um, with my dad and, 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 you know, her and my dad, like they've always slept in separate rooms. Like, you know, I don't recall them ever happy, having a happy marriage. Um, so I can't blame her. Like, you know, seeing an ex again, who is freshly single, uh, technically. I think they call that a widower. That's a widower. Yeah, you're right. Yes. <laughs> who is probably, you know, again, like, yeah, showing her affection and attention that she hadn't been shown in a long time. Like, you know, I, I can I, I mean can see. you can't blame it you know she was seeking what she wasn't getting at home um we all want to be appreciated validated get that affection I mean that's just human nature but also I think another piece was your dad was also dating other people at the time yeah, exactly exactly they had this weird thing where they were living together they had always lived together my entire life but like they weren't actually together and then yeah my dad was seeing other people it obviously hurt my mom upset her um just a very tumultuous relationship yeah it's just it's just the craziest thing I've ever seen honestly um so yeah I mean yeah you can't blame her reconnecting with this ex um but the problem is that with all the problems my mom and my dad have this ex had just as many problems as well um because you know she broke up with him in high school for valid reasons and none of that had changed so Again, I'm, you know, I'm in high or excuse me, in college, my last year of college, you know, I'm, I'm just mad. I'm like, you know, where I'm coming from is just straight resentment of like, why couldn't you respond to me? Like, why couldn't you tell me where you were? Why did you leave my dad without, you know, telling him like you could have just handled it in so many better ways from my perspective again you know I'm not in her shoes but um so I'm just like mad at her and I'm like "Mm, you know we're not I'm not talking to her like she can go live her new life whatever like that's my stance um and so what what transpires over the next what like year I guess yeah at least the I think it was like a year and a half it had to have been because it was like summer or fall time whenever I was camping and the initial disappearance happened and then we know that the relationship ended in December of 2017 so I guess it started in 2016 yeah yeah that's right because I I graduated college in 2016 so yeah that's exactly right so they had she lived over there for a while and I remember like that Christmas that first Christmas like you know him and her were together and she had all these Christmas gifts for me and and my college boyfriend. I think at this point, him and I had moved to um, to a new city together. You know, after graduating college, uh, and she had all these presents, and I was just like mad, you know. And I was just like, I, yeah, I wasn't in a place where I was like, oh, I'm happy for you in your new life or anything like that. Um, but they seemed to be like doing well. She seemed to be happy living this new life. You know, moved in over there, whatever. She she got a new car you know she was yeah living in the deceased wife's (laughs) car and the deceased wife's like ring and things I'm pretty sure right I think so yeah Uh, Yeah. I guess those items weren't being put to use so they were put they were available yeah they were up for grabs you know uh yeah let me upgrade you can we Uh, talk about um back to her like Sneaking into the house, I say sneaking, but avoiding your father, going into the house, getting things, doing things. And then at this point, your father's like, well, I'm going to have my girlfriends over, right? Wait, I forgot this detail. Yes, Yes, I did it. Oh my God. Yes. So my dad at this point, she's moved out. 
he is having a girlfriend or whatever you want to call her, whatever label she was at the time. I'm not, I'm unsure. She's, she's staying at the house now that, you know, a room is open. Uh, and she had a suitcase of her things. <laughs> and I guess I was in town or something, whatever. I don't know. But my okay. dad calls. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, um, did you put, did you eat a cupcake when you were at the house? And I'm like, what? I'm sorry. What? He's like, did you, did you happen to eat one of those cupcakes? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I ate a cupcake. Like, why are you, what, where, where, where are we going with this? Like, why are you asking me if I ate a cupcake? And he's like, well, uh, you know, my friend, I'm sure he said my friend, I'm sure he didn't say my girlfriend said, you know, my friend that's staying over here said that there was a half eaten, half eaten cupcake in her suitcase. <laughs> and I'm just wondering if you put it there. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you just repeat that? He claims that there was a half-eaten cupcake in her suitcase? In her clothes. He's like, yeah, in her clothes. Like, apparently it was, like, shoved in there. Like, it wasn't just, like, on the top of the suitcase. Like, this fucking half-eaten cupcake was, like, shoved into her suitcase, into her clothes. And I'm like, okay, first of all, fuck off for accusing me of this shit. Because, no, I didn't go to your home, eat half of a cupcake, and then shove it in your quote-unquote friend's suitcase, (laughs) number one. No. Uh, That's some crazy shit that I would. <laughs> but I could probably bet my bottom dollar who did do that, who's probably pissed that someone is staying in her old room and probably maybe had had some drinks or some something. And <laughs> I, mean, I don't even see it. I could see it. She's like enjoying her cupcake, walks in her room, sees a suitcase. <laughs> this bitch shoves it into her clothes. Like I could see it. It is very on brand for my fiery mother, for sure, to shove a half-eaten cupcake in this woman's suitcase. <laughs> So I was just like, God, what? Like, and again, this just goes back to the normal theme of like, how do you tell people this? How are you like, oh, yeah, I just got phone with my dad. He asked me if I was if I shoved a half eaten suitcase in his <laughs> girlfriend's suitcase who was staying at his home where my mom was living. But she just moved in with her. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and also together, but not married. And, you know, it's just. But then they said they were married, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, like, how do you explain this shit? So I'm like, no, no, Dad, I, uh, that, that one wasn't me. Uh, thanks for asking and giving me the benefit of the doubt, but no, it wasn't me. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> The the cupcake saga. I just love how we get accused of crazy shit because they're afraid to approach the actual (laughs) person who they know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that phone call went well. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I don't do crazy shit like that. Y'all do. (laughs) I'm trying to not do crazy shit like that, which is why I'm in therapy and live 500 miles away. So yeah, so they seemed to be like doing pretty well. You know, they were happy, whatever. I was still real salty, real mad. Um, wasn't in a place to 
accept it. Um, and then I guess the honeymoon phase ends and, you know, this ex starts doing his crazy controlling shit. Um, he was very insecure, essentially was afraid that my mother was going to go back to living with my father. So he would hide her phone and her keys and like essentially keep her prisoner. Um, which is so fucked up. Uh, my mom, like as difficult as our relationship has been and the ups and downs that we've had and like the verbal abuse she's put me through and the really difficult things she's put me through, like she has been through a lot. And the fact that she is as functioning as she is as a human today is pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. So, you know, she's a it, strong ass bitch. She I is a strong ass it. bitch. <laughs> like, no, literally. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be doing as well as she is. Um, truly the strongest woman I know. Uh, I don't know how she's, she's done it. So yeah, he, he was essentially holding her hostage. Um, and she would essentially leave and she would like take all of her stuff and tell my dad, like, well, I'm moving back in. You got to tell your quote unquote friend that I need my room back. And she did. She moved back in for a while. Uh, and then they started doing this like back and forth thing where yes. she would live back with my dad for like a month. And then that wasn't going well. And the boyfriend was, you know, saying like, oh, please come back, like doing all those things. So she would go back to his house. And it was like, no shit, a back and forth thing for like what feels like a pretty long time. Can we just go like, into the logistics? At this point, the men would communicate and like team together to help move her back and yeah. forth. Yeah, and each time, each time, you know, it depending on who was moving, but where she was moving back to, you know, one would be like, "Well, she's all yours now, man. Good luck." <laughs> and then they would trade back. She'd be like, "Well, back to you. Good luck." <laughs> Yeah. So like, yeah, at this point, like these two men had a rapport. I'm sure they had figured out like what vehicle is best for moving most of her shit. And like they they probably took out the middle woman and just talked to each other. I'm like, OK, who's taking her this month? You know, <laughs> who is she living with this month? And yeah, I mean, they were like pretty cordial at that point. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. they had accepted that they were going to be a part of each other's lives, I guess. And and the boyfriend very much wanted my mother to be all in with him, to live with him full time. You know, he was very jealous, very insecure. Um, and my dad was just kind of like, you know, this is the, the mother of my child. Obviously, he loves my mother, uh, despite how insane and toxic their relationship has been. So he was just kind of like, well, you know, the house is half yours. If you're not happy with said boyfriend, whatever, like, you know, this is your home too, essentially. Um, which is just, I mean, their relationship is, I don't think I'll ever understand it. I don't think I'll ever want to understand it. But like the, they still have such a deep friendship. I don't even know if you call it, I don't even know how you, you would describe yeah, it. I mean, they're, they, I don't know. I think that there's some insecurity and like just the toxic part of having that guilt, not wanting anything bad to happen to either one because they're so deep seated with each other. I definitely okay. think there's some love there, obviously. And I don't think that either one of them can fully move on from each other. And, you know, their relationship was very passionate always. It was highs were high and the lows were low and there wasn't a whole lot of middle ground. No, no. Yeah, there was never middle ground. And and what's crazy, too, is these are two people who it's not like they got married at like 19. No. Like they they started dating what in their mid 20s. 
Mm-hmm. I think got married when they were like, I think 26 and 28, maybe. And then they were married six years until they had me. Yeah. And they, you know, planned Morgan and tried for Morgan. And it was, you know, everything was very intentional. Yeah, they were in their 30s when they had me. So like, it's just crazy because, yeah, the relationship was very much super highs, very, very lows, a lot of passion, explosiveness. Um, But yeah, it wasn't some like teenage, you know, hormonal thing. Like they were in their 30s when they had me and their mid to late 20s when their relationship started. So if if anyone is into astrology and you need to you want to look at their birth charts, I'll I'll find out that information and we can we can look at their birth charts because, uh, yeah, they're definitely a unique pairing for sure. Um, so, so yeah, so basically, you know, he had, they were essentially, yeah, she was coming back and forth what felt like every other month she was trading homes and, and, you know, for her, I'm sure it was, it was tough. It was like, do I stay with, you know, the, the father of my child who like, doesn't really want to be with me, isn't really making an effort or do I stay with this, you know, person who wants to be with me very much so, but is obviously very toxic, very controlling, you know, again, hiding her phone and her keys. Obsessed. I mean, he was obsessed obsessed with her in a very toxic way. Yeah. Like she couldn't drive to places like he would have to drive her and wait outside, like just very, very problematic. And I think she was very much just like, what, what is best for me? And, and that's a position that a lot of women of her generation were put in, you know, um, they didn't have careers as much as women nowadays are pushed to and, you know, finances come into play. And oftentimes they have to stay in really toxic relationships with men for that reason. And, and she was very much just, I think, trying to look out for herself, which is valid. Um, and so basically then it gets to the dark part where we go back to my grandfather, um, and the night that he died by suicide, he had called my mom and asked her to come over and to bring him a bottle of NyQuil because he had he had just gotten out of the hospital. Again, he couldn't consume any pain medication or alcohol. So he asked her to bring him NyQuil. Um, and the boyfriend drove my mom over there. And my mom went inside and sat with my grandfather. And he kept asking her to stay, to stay, stay longer, just stay boyfriend a little bit longer. kind of like pushing, like, let's go home. Yeah. The boyfriend, first of all, didn't even come inside. He was sitting yeah. in the car and he was calling my mom saying, let's go. We need to go home. We need to go home. We need to go home while my mom's father is saying, just stay a little longer, just stay a little longer. Boyfriend is saying, let's go. You know, we need to go. So she finally left um, my grandfather's house. And yeah, that was the night that he and he consumed that entire bottle of NyQuil and yeah, then killed himself. And of course, my mom feels immense and just the most guilt um yeah which is like again not something i i don't know how she has like moved on from that because uh, she she went back the next morning and then she found him. And um, kind of side note with Nyquil, like um, I know myself, and again everyone's chemical balances are different, but I can't take whatever that sleepy stuff is in Nyquil 
it makes me dream wildly. Like I already dream very vividly, but it really messes with my psyche when I take it. So I've just come to the conclusion, like I can't take it. And again, I don't know if it has the same effect on our grandfather, like if it messed with his psyche as well, but I myself stay away from any of those nighttime medicines. Yeah, no, I have to as well. Anytime I've taken it, I have like low-key like had some weird dreams or even like what feel like hallucinations. Like it really fucks with me. If anyone knows the science behind that stuff, like I would love to know because yeah, I can't take it. It puts me in like a really, really weird headspace. And yeah, I yeah. I could go into a side note of the weird shit that that has put me into. Uh, right. Yeah, I can't take that stuff either. Yeah. Uh, and especially since that, I'm like very much like, oh, yeah, like that just like validated me feeling super weird when I took that stuff. And then when that happened, Same. I was like, this and is it like didn't even click immediately. It was like a couple no. years ago that we were talking and realized all of that pattern. And we're like, oh, my God, you know, again, yeah, the headspace that our grandfather was in when he took his life wasn't wasn't normal. It wasn't sober. So, yeah. Exactly. And I mean, like, it fucks me up when I take the normal recommended dose. Like, unfortunately, he had consumed the entire bottle. Like, I can't imagine the headspace he was in. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we avoid NyQuil for sure. I would love to know more about the science behind that or if, like, other people have really, really weird side effects from NyQuil. I think I feel like the ingredient that fucks with us, it starts like a D or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right for sure. We'd love to hear about it, though, for sure. Yeah. Some people can take it and have, like, they have no dreams. Like, it's great. Not with us. (laughs) No. One time I, so I guess I will go on the side note. I took it one time when I was in high school, and I had this little boyfriend who was, like, my most toxic relationship ever, probably. Uh, But, you know, we were in high school, whatever. We went to visit his dad in Florida. And I was really sick that trip, I think, because we had been at, like, smoky bars the whole time I think that was like still when people could smoke inside and like if I'm around cigarette smoke too much it makes me like sick and so I had like a stuffy nose and a sore throat and everything so like we went and bought NyQuil and I remember having to show my ID I was I was literally like freshly 18 to buy it and I took it that night and this is gonna sound so fucking weird I hope people don't judge me we're just episode three in (laughs) I took it that night yeah please don't judge but I swear to god this is a safe space. I swear to God, I took it and I was, you know, we, me and my boyfriend were trying to sleep. We were sleeping on an air mattress because his dad had like just moved to Florida. So we were like in an air mattress on the floor in the living room. And all night I thought I heard his dad cussing and like talking to the devil. And I was terrified. That feels insane to say out loud. But like all night I was like, oh, my God. And I just like thought I heard his dad like speaking to the devil. <laughs> and the next morning I woke up and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And I didn't think about that for years until I took it again and had another just weird as fuck experience. And I was like, okay. And then you and I had that conversation. Cause I remember calling you, you know, a few years ago when I took it again and you were like, wait a minute, that's what, you know, Papa had had, like, maybe it's a genetic thing. Yeah. We were like in tears coming to the realization yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah, we are. Yeah, that was an intense moment. Yeah. Um, no, no NyQuil for us. That's that's the yeah. lesson. 
So um, we we get toward the end of the year, and Morgan and I have this thing like we both know each other are extremely busy, so we respect each other's time. And if we call and can't get each other, you know, we wait. Or if it's urgent, we'll send a text. So if we double call, mm-hmm. something bad happens. And I had to double call Morgan. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So obviously our grandfather passes and then my mom obviously does not go into a great place. Uh, and then it's what, like 10, 11 months later. Yeah. My grandfather passes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I get the double call from you. I remember I was at the dog park with Relly and my boyfriend at the time, this, the same boyfriend. And I get, yeah, I get the double call. And so I call you back and you give me the news. Yeah. So um, as you can tell, our family loves to hoard news and have news. So I had been um, communicated to that my aunt's boyfriend had committed the act of suicide. Yeah, And the way that it happened was essentially a copy of what happened with our grandfather. Yeah. So basically their relationship was not great after my grandfather because my mom kind of, she had a ton of guilt and kind of blamed him. She was like, if you weren't rushing me out, you know, maybe my dad would still be here today whatever, whatever, you know, tragedy like that can like really either make or break a relationship. And obviously this was already like a very toxic relationship. So she had been living back home with my dad for like, I think a while. And he was begging her to come back, to move back with him, be with him, whatever. And uh, basically sent her a whole series of text messages saying, I guess, you know, that he was going to do that. And she was like, no, I don't believe you, whatever. And he, I don't know what the text messages were. I'm pretty sure like one of the last ones and what actually put her in motion to go to his house was take care of my dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what, what he said. And so, yeah, she, she gets these text messages of basically, you know, him threatening to, to commit suicide and she drives over there which is it's what like a 10 minute drive maybe actually he lived very close to you at the time like I could have thrown a rock at his house yeah seriously it was it was really weird how that worked out but she drives over there and um yeah she finds him exactly the same way as my grandfather he, yeah, he killed himself the same way, and she walks in and finds him. So the, just, it, it, the most fucked up part is, though, she went over there so quickly that he actually wasn't dead when she got there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, like, super traumatic, and so just to, you know, back it up and just really frame all of this, she, within less than a year found her father and I guess ex-boyfriend at that point her lover yeah her love whatever you want to call him she was the first person to find both of them after they had shot and killed themselves which is just like how do you remain a sane person after that like how do you how do you move on like most people go their entire lives without like ever seeing a dead body outside of like a funeral Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to like see both of those scenes within less than a year is is like insane. And and the guilt. So, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. she now has guilt 
because of the boyfriend and also has guilt that he was still alive when she got there and she felt like could she have done more than what she did you know as far as you know trying to help him and, and calling medical support so ju- she just has like this immense amount of guilt for both acts which is the space that suicide puts a lot of loved ones in yeah yeah it's like i like i yeah so that's what like when we talk about like how strong she is like that's just like a piece of the things that she's been through that's like a pretty significant one but like the fact that she is still a functioning person is like absolutely remarkable and i'm trying to i have been trying for a while to convince her to go to therapy she's never been to therapy um and i think has like a pretty negative view of it but i'm like bitch i would I would not be well if I had gone through that shit twice. No. Like, like I, yeah, I can't even, I can't even begin to go there. No. Um, so yeah, that, that, all of that, the last three episodes is essentially the year 2017. We went a little into 2016, but like, yeah, that was our 2017 year. It was a great year. But like not a totally abnormal year. No, we did get a tattoo that year. We got a matching tattoo after that. Um, we had to. How do you? How do you not? Yeah. Um, yeah. What a what a year. Um, and I, I do feel like I've been wanting to say this the last. I can't believe we're on episode three. That's right, right? Yeah. We are on episode three. This we is are. episode three again. This is episode three. Re- revisiting that after we've just gone through the entire thing. Um, I meant to say at some point in these three episodes that like, we just want to acknowledge like our parents and our family members, like they have done the best they can with what they had. Right. Like we are lucky in that we've grown up with the internet, which is like a double-edged sword. There's like, you know, the internet can be a terrible place, but it can also be a great place. And I feel like we know we've just like we've had a lot of tools to realize like the shit that we've gone through is not fucking normal and not okay and it's trauma and we've been able to like you know help ourselves and and seek out ways to address that stuff our parents our grandparents i don't think necessarily had those same tools and there was way more of a stigma there's still a stigma but like way more um so we just want to acknowledge that like this is all very clearly very cyclical um at we sarah and i have gone through many conversations where we're like we just wish we knew like all of our family's history like we wish we mm-hmm. knew our grandmother's childhood we wish we knew you know our great-grandparents childhood because clearly this stuff has continued in cycles and generations and you know like we mentioned like we want to we want to be cycle breakers we want to we we want those cycles to end with us but um we just want to acknowledge, like, as we tell these stories that are our stories, but are also our family's stories that, like, yeah, our our parents, they've done the best they could with what they've had. They've all been through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And um, these are real people, you know, half of them are still with us. And so it is a very sensitive and, and vulnerable thing for us to be doing, you know, what we're doing and sharing our stories and breaking the silence. And, you know, yeah. we have a lot of torn feelings about it. Um, so we do talk about that a lot because it does produce some anxiety. But again, a lot of anxiety. Yes, yeah. we want a community where 
everyone feels safe telling their stories. We want to hear, you know, people's recommendations, opinions. We want to hear your stories. You want, you know, like we want to share. We want to have you share with us. Um, One other correction, and I realized this after the first couple of episodes, I particularly was using the word addict to describe a human pretty regularly, um, which is not fair. I don't call myself depressed as a human, even though I have depression. So, um, you know, and again, our heart goes out to those who have suffered with either active or recovered with addiction. We we understand what, an, you know, a terrible disease it is, but the right way to verbalize it is a person suffering with addiction or suffering with an active addiction instead of just labeling those people with something that they're going through. Yeah. As a, yeah. Instead of saying like an addict, right. You know, someone, someone struggling with addiction. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're here for people first language. Uh, we just, we have, we sometimes forget Sometimes we fuck up. I also think technically when it comes to suicide, we're supposed to say died by suicide instead of committed suicide. Um, yeah. That one is, that was still a tough one for me to like, it's not fully in my head. Um, and it feels weird to like, I don't know. I guess the argument is like committing sounds like they're like accomplishing and like, we don't Or that wanna... it was like planned or something. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. And then so often it's not. So like, the, the better thing to say is like died by suicide. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just not quite ingrained in me. So yeah. Correction there too. Um, I feel like we have to, we have to end on a lighter note though. Right. Yeah. Um, I wish I was in BC. <laughs> I know. I wish you were too. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about some fun facts, but and I'm trying to think like, should we end on like a positive that we've had this week so far? Well, actually, shit, your birthday is Sunday. My birthday is Sunday. We're recording on a Tuesday. Is today Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. I think so. <laughs> Your birthday is on Sunday. Is it getting to FaceTime my favorite person in the entire planet. <laughs> Literally. Um, but this episode is not going to be released until after your birthday. So... We should have mentioned your birthday in the last episode, or I guess actually our first episode, but you know what? We're fucking learning how to do this. We're not professional podcasters. We're figuring it out. And, you know, I will say, okay, so hoorah. I had travel. Obviously, I visited Morgan, and then I went to Colorado with my child and his best friend and his mother. We were trying to take our kids to their first concert at Red Rock. Made hoodies. They were so cute on the sleeve it said my first concert for our kids and our son's first concert on our sleeves and had the date we got out there and started doing some fun adventures outside and the damn concert was canceled unfortunately one of the band members came down with covid and you know god i hate i hate this pandemic um i really hope that they're okay and you know obviously they did the the right thing to you know cancel even though it was last minute so we made the best of it. We did some like cliff climbing. My my son conquered some of his fears. He has really bad anxiety mm-hmm. with heights. And halfway through the Via Ferrera, he was like in 
you know, like freeze mode. I was on this huge bridge where there's like pieces of wood missing and I'm like holding onto the cables. <laughs> like, look here, you're standing here anyways. Let's move forward because mama's arms are giving out and I'm going to fall. <laughs> we have to get going. We got like a whole football field to go. Um, but yeah, I'm really thankful that I was able to take that trip with my child. I'm really thankful that I had the resources to do that and, and visit. My nose is almost done bleeding because of the dry air. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went, you went from one of the most like humid places in the country to the driest. Absolutely. And we did some haunted stuff and scared the kids real good. So it was good. Yeah. Happy Halloween. We love that. <laughs> we love that. We love conquering our fears like he did. Uh, shout out. Um, we should all do things that scare us more often and do spooky, scary things because tis the season. It's about to be your season, Scorpio season, in just a few days. Yes, ma'am. We love that. I also wanted to mention... Our episodes are brought to you guys courtesy of our sweet little editor, Nick, who I know um, he was an intern when I was working on the Hill and he's literally the best. He he's still in college. Oh God, Nick, are you surely? I think you're in your last year, right? I don't know. I'm talking to you. You're not even on here. We're so thankful. We love him. He's the best. So he's been editing. Morgan must have been a bomb ass boss. (laughs) (laughs) I was very honored and flattered because Nick is the best. So we're very happy to have him as part of our team and just know that he's behind the scenes uh, making these episodes listenable. Trying to keep Um, us straight. (laughs) Trying to keep us straight. Somebody's got to. Somebody (laughs) has to. Um, But yeah, you know, Thanks for listening, and uh, we love you guys. And 2017 was a heavy year. I think some of our stories moving forward are probably going to be a little less yeah. heavy. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, life can be really fucking hard sometimes. Um, as Glennon Doyle, who I'm obsessed with, says, "We can do hard things." That's yes, true. And we can do hard things. Absolutely. And again, we want to hear from you guys. So email us at familytraumapod at gmail.com. We yes, want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. Send us your stories. If you have any related stories, if your mom too has gone missing, because that's happened to us, both of us at this point in, in our lives. If your mom has gone missing, uh, you know, if you have any cupcake in suitcases <laughs> or any any kind of like <laughs> eaten food put into another person's belonging stories, I'll, I really would love to hear those. Please here, email here us those it. stories. Yeah. <laughs> if you can top, if you can top the half eaten cupcake in the suitcase story, please. Be our guest. We like, we are begging to hear that. Like, I I gotta hear that one. Um, And yeah, DM us on Instagram too. That's where we're most active. Uh, Our our handle is at Family Trauma Pod. Otherwise, yeah, send us your stories. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yeah. What did you say? Hold your boundaries. We love you. Stay safe. Uh, I feel like you said one other thing. You said, stay safe. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Yes, take time. Take time for yourself. Exactly. Um, We hope we hear from you guys next week. Or wait, we we hope you guys listen to us next week. Come back. 
come back. Come back. It'll please. be funny. We we swear. No more suicide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Y'all come back now here. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.